The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to the elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Hey, it's Fallon here. Just a heads up that this episode mentions suicide. If you find this distressing or need help for yourself or a friend, please call Lifeline Australia on 131114 or 13 Hello and welcome back to Brand New Little People, the podcast where we talk about all things early parenting with a particular focus on sleep, settling and crying in the first few years. We are your hosts. I'm Dr. Fallon Cook. And I'm Dr. Laura Conway. We're paediatric sleep practitioners at Infant Sleep Australia and founders of Sunbell, Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic program. Laura, earlier on this week, you gave me a call and you were, you were mad. (laughs) And when we were chatting, we thought, oh, this is the perfect, perfect content for one of our podcast episodes. Because as parents, often you see things online that are just inaccurate or unhelpful and it's kind of triggering. And, and yeah, I know like we, we often see posts and just kind of roll our eyes, but sometimes they're maddening. Um, Mm. so let's, let's debrief about that. Tell me what (laughs) it was that you saw online that threw you into a spin. Yeah, Fallon. Um, so I saw a post, I'm part of quite a few, um, groups on social media accounts. And, uh, one of the groups is for, um, mums, um, in and around, um, Melbourne and Victoria. And a mum had reached out for help. And um, she was describing the situation that she has found herself in with a baby who's eight months old and is waking constantly overnight, needing to be fed back to sleep every single time. And by constantly, I mean really every sleep cycle. So about every 30 to 40 minutes, um, this baby is waking up and um, this mum described how she's at the end of her tether. She's absolutely exhausted and she wanted to know what to do and to make matters worse she actually described that she was feeling suicidal so So, she's really at the end of her tether yeah and it was a real cry for help and that's brave that she would post that online as well that's a really hard thing to put out there so she's obviously really wanting some help Yeah, yeah. So it'd been going on for some time from the details in the post. And um, she obviously doesn't know where to turn. So when I read that post, um, my heart went out to her. um, And then I read the comments underneath the post. Big mistake. Oh, big mistake. Um, And... Look, there were some sensible suggestions um, in the replies to this mum suggesting that she speak to her doctor or nurse, um, consider going to a sleep school. Um, But I tell you what, Fallon, the longest and loudest posts were from people telling this mum just to suck it up, basically. 
And this is just this is just parenthood. There was some really um, probably I would say quite callous um, responses like "Welcome to motherhood," uh. um, and I just thought, for goodness' sake, this poor mum is experiencing really terrible sleep deprivation and has been for months. And mm. not only the sleep deprivation, the biological demands on her body feeding that frequently overnight. And she Massive. does not need judgment and responses like she was getting in the, um, in the comments. And yet it mm. did totally make my blood boil Fallon and I know it did yours when I told you about it as well I remember one of the comments that you read out to me was basically along the lines of well welcome to motherhood this is what you signed up for you know mm. you have to respond you know, if your baby wants you overnight too bad it's your job to respond and like, how unhelpful is that it's, it, it, it blows my mind that anyone would ever respond with a comment like that mm. when somebody has actually said I'm doing so poorly my mental health is shot and people are just sort of yeah having that kind of well suck it up you signed up for this kind of nonsense response it is actually really dangerous I think that's what makes yeah. me really mad um, that is a really dangerous response to someone and look we know social media can be a really ugly place it's just so disappointing to see that kind of response to someone who's really in trouble. And I'm glad that there were some really helpful and useful responses. But this whole idea that as parents, we must sacrifice everything, yeah, absolutely mm. everything, every last piece of your sanity, you know, that, that we are here to just entirely give over our own well-being for the sake of our babies is just so harmful. It's mm. so harmful, especially for new parents to hear. Of course, having a baby means making a lot of sacrifices and you're going to have some shockingly bad nights. You know, it's going <laughs> yeah. to happen. There's going to be really tough times. Um, but if you're getting to a point where you've given over all of yourself, you're not getting rest, you are actually feeling suicidal. Um, that's a really dangerous place to be. And there's absolutely help that you can get. Mm. Um, with these sorts of problems. And that's another thing I think that drives us a bit mad, isn't it? It's like these people being told, it doesn't matter how often your baby wakes, your job is to put up with that for however long they need to do it. Um, why? <laughs> you know, why? Yeah. Because there are really effective, gentle approaches you can use that are going to help that sleep you know, improve out of sight. Mm. And parents who are just told, too bad, suck it up, they're not getting access to treatments that, look, honestly, it can be life-saving. They're literally yeah. life-saving for some people. Yeah, and how often do we hear Fallon in clinic um, when we have our review appointments, families saying to us, it's been life-changing and we didn't mm. realise how bad things were until we've been able to get out the other side. And um, it's just the best thing to hear as a practitioner um, that things have improved. And the other thing that we um, both commonly hear as well is that um, those babies, toddlers and preschoolers that were waking multiple times a night and were a bit cranky and grumpy and not particularly resilient during the day if they tripped over or something happened to them that wasn't that wonderful um, mm. are now actually presenting differently during the day. 
and functioning so yes. much better. It's a really good point, Laura, because it's not just about, you know, I think so often parents don't want to get help for sleep and settling and crying difficulties with their babies because they feel like they're being selfish, wanting things mm. to be easier. They think, oh, it's just me not managing my baby's behavior when actually sometimes baby's behavior is really complicated, really challenging and can be improved often really quickly as well. That's the other thing. It often can, mm -hmm. you know, things can turn around really quickly. Um, yeah. And I, I just feel like there's parents out there who, yeah, aren't getting access to supports that they need. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah, just being able to um, take a look at their child's individual sleep needs um, and to get a sense of how much sleep their baby needs every 24 hours, um, rather than trying to follow a rigid age-based schedule, which they've downloaded from um, an online website, um, can really help um, uh, families get themselves out of that situation. Um, mm. where they are struggling so much with sleep. And once they begin to get an understanding of their own child's sleep needs, they can start to um, think about what would be the appropriate number of naps that their baby, their baby needs, not the hypothetical ba eight-month-old baby um, yes. that they've read about online, but actually maybe their baby is on three naps a day still and only needs two naps. Maybe their baby only mm. needs to be in bed for 11 hours overnight rather than the 12 hours overnight that the online yes. schedule suggests. Um, and there's sometimes just those um, which are relatively minor tweaks are enough to help their babies begin to have longer stretches overnight. Yes. So it's not even about doing some really challenging different type of settling. Sometimes it is just about a few tweaks to the schedule and it just makes a huge difference. I had a family the other week and I have these sorts of families all the time, but they had been to two um, early parenting centers and they'd had a five night stay at each of those centers. Mm. I think the child was nearly one year old. Um, they had done everything under the sun, but the one thing that hadn't been done was just looking at how much, how much sleep this child needed. And once we adjusted that schedule, it was literally about two or three days, I think, in the diary. And the sleep just went from being this scattered mess, really patchy across the 24-hour period, to suddenly they're just having most of their sleep at night. And Amazing. it just yeah, it could be that. Yeah. So, so when, yeah, when people are mm. at the end of their tether and, you know, maybe another parent is telling you they've just, they're not coping, um, this is all too hard, it really can just be something very simple that needs to change to make that mm. really, really big, big difference. Um, and we shouldn't be denying any parent, you know, the opportunity to try some of those different approaches and things. Yeah. Um, and Fallon, because, I think our, mm. our starting point is all of the families we work with and all of the families who are downloading Sombell, we know are 100% committed parents, committed to helping mm. support their uh, babies and children to get all of the sleep that they need to the extent that they are like this woman in the social media post waking up and feeding their child eight or nine times overnight or in the case of the family that you're describing going to two residential programs mm. I mean that's a big I mean it's a big financial outlay but it's also a big disruptor 
um, to the family life, having to go into a residential program. Um, and so how committed are they to helping improve their little one's sleep? And yet mm. they're still not able to quite gain that traction um, because, as you said, the individual sleep needs haven't been addressed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, we see it all the time. And what's, you know, as we were sort of saying earlier, where it's not only about making things easier and making life a bit more tolerable for parents, it changes two things really majorly. So one is definitely the baby. You know, we see so many babies who are not interested in solid foods and they're getting mm -hmm. close to, you know, one year of age and they're just not taking to them. Or um, their daytime behaviour is just really challenging for parents. They're always cranky and difficult and they're not those easy going go with the flow babies you know they're really <laughs> struggling and then once they start to get those longer stretches of nighttime sleep and they're consolidating some sleep into a you know a few hours at a time it all just turns around you know they're, yes they're waking up better rested which means they are engaging in playtime in a, a lot more of an effective way they're better able to build relationships with other caregivers or other babies um same goes for toddlers on this one too um, and so often the, you know, to learn how to eat solid foods requires so many different skills. Babies have to be able to really focus, hold their body still. They're concentrating on what their hands are doing, what their mouth and lips and tongue are doing. Mm -hmm. We think it's really easy. We've done it forever. But for them, yeah. they're just learning how to do these things. Um, and they need to be well rested to be able to do that properly. So, so often they're suddenly interested in solid foods and eating more and it can really turn everything around for the babies. Um, but the other main thing too is that so often parents go from just not not loving parenting sometimes mm. they're just not enjoying it they're finding everything a really really big struggle but once they finally manage to get a bit of sleep at night time they've suddenly got that joy back and they're mm. you know parenting will always have its ups and downs but by and large they're getting so much joy out of seeing you know their babies thriving and Everything just feels that, that bit easier. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the totally interactions. In, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the interactions between the parents and their children will be improving. Um, and as the um, mums and dads are beginning to delight more in their children's behaviour, the children will be basking in that delight. Uh, and you can really start to see the um, improvements um, in parent-child interactions. And it's beautiful to see. Mm. Oh, it's so lovely to see. I think the other thing I notice as well is so many parents saying, oh, they've had this explosion in language. Like they're suddenly trying out more words. And I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Like if you're trying to learn language and you're exhausted because you woke up nine times last night, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's going to be pretty hard to figure out how to pronounce words and to have that concentration and focus you need to try out sounds. Um, but if you're really well rested, you're much more likely to be able to engage in that. And then, of course, that increases those positive responses from parents. And I mean, we're kind of describing a PhD now, Laura, aren't we? Yeah, we are. <laughs> So I, I'm just holding myself back from um, launching into <laughs> a lot of information about parent-child interaction. So, um, <laughs> but yes, just suffice to say that um, if you um, if you as a parent are well rested and your child is and your baby is well rested, that's just going to have flow-on effects mm. um, during the daytime, and then those positive interactions are just wonderful for 
mm. whole range of um, your child's development. So um, don't feel um, put off um, by some of the messages that you receive or you read online mm. saying that um, just suck it up. Um, and it's just the rite of passage of parenting because actually that's that's actually going to steal some of the joy from parenting mm. for you and um, it's just it's very irresponsible yeah so if you are having though or your baby is having really disrupted nights like that and it's not just a and it isn't just, you know only been for the last week it's been going on for um a while um mm. you are not doing anything wrong by addressing it and in actual fact you're doing some really good parenting to address it yeah a hundred percent and i think too don't be afraid to just turn off the social media channels that are making you doubt yourself as well if you see something mm. you know some quote or something and it just makes you feel like crap <laughs> turn it off unfollow because I think the people out there saying some of this stuff you know there's a lot of that sort of toxic positivity out there like oh you know Mm. time goes so fast you know hold them you know if you've got to hold them close all night or feed them 27 times you know you'll miss it one day and I just think oh how maddening for that parent who has just fed their baby hopefully not 27 times but (laughs) maybe eight or nine times that night knowing full well their baby's not even hungry they're not even taking a feed they're just having a bit of a suckle just to get back to sleep you know seeing a quote like that online is maddening and it's going to make you feel you know really crappy so don't be afraid to just turn off those sorts of the toxic positivity posts um you know i think a lot of those people who were saying things like oh it goes so fast and and all that often they're the ones look you know i'd almost put money on it they're the ones who had great sleepers from the get-go where you could have done anything and they just would have slept you know yes absolutely yeah you're so right fallon and um you know i saw a, a family recently whose um child is um entering the um, two-year-old phase um, who they have been able to feed that child to sleep and the mum has fed that child to sleep from the word go um, and it hasn't been an issue that child has woken up once overnight um, and sorry I just had a call coming through (laughs) Um, so that um, that child has been waking up once overnight and having uh, one feed overnight and going back to sleep and um, so it hasn't been a problem at all and so this family have been delighted um, and I suspect that family that yeah as you say people who are writing those posts about Oh, if you need to, you know, support your child to go back to sleep overnight, you just suck it up and do it. Would be the parents who have mm. those children, like the one I've just described, who perhaps are only waking up once or twice. Yeah, yeah. And there definitely overnight. are babies who can have a whole lot of support to fall asleep and they will just do wonderfully overnight and it's never a big deal. So it would be easy for those parents to feel like, well, why doesn't everyone just do this? Because it works fine for us. But the reality is that some babies can feed to sleep and sleep beautifully and others feed to sleep and wake every 30 minutes, you know, every (laughs) night. And it just doesn't work for them. So if it doesn't work for you, it's okay to find another approach. You know, you can do something really supportive and very, very gradual. That's completely fine. But what you're going to find is that when they do manage to fall asleep without needing as much hands-on support, 
they're going to sleep better. Um, their sleep will improve. Oh, and Fallon, the um, the other important thing to note is that um, when babies are waking overnight frequently, it's not always because they're feeding to sleep and need to be fed back to sleep. It's really related to whatever approach um, they prefer to be settled to sleep. So, um, you know, I've worked with families where um, the baby's waking every sleep cycle because they are um, they prefer to um, to have their parents bounce on a fit ball with them <laughs> in their oh, arms in, yeah. Yeah, in order to, to transition into the next sleep cycle. Um, yeah. and or it can so even just you've... be like they're wanting to be padded in their cot yeah. after every sleep cycle. And it might only take like 15 seconds of padding. But if you are having a sleep interrupted nine times per night to do that padding, that's not doing you any good. <laughs> no, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's um, around how much support your um, baby is needing to maintain their sleep overnight. Um, and that su- support can look um, different for different families. So feeding to sleep or bouncing to sleep or patting um, back to sleep. Um, mm. And if um your baby is waking that frequently overnight to have um, whatever type of support they prefer to go back to sleep. Um, there are some things that you can do about it and um, just do your best to ignore that toxic positivity. Like this time will pass and one day soon you'll look back and <laughs> wish that your child needed you this much overnight. Actually, I can tell you what, I'm a mother mm. of some slightly older children. <laughs> I do not look back in delight and think, gosh, I wish I was waking up nine times a night to um, <laughs> to resettle my daughter back to sleep. Me what about you, Fallon? either. Oh, my God. No, no. And a lot of parents will say, oh, but I'm, I'm really going to miss the nighttime snuggles. And I just think, no, you won't, because you can snuggle them for the other 12 hours they're awake. Yes, <laughs> like, that's It doesn't right. have to be in the middle of the night. You can sleep beautifully overnight and still get plenty of cuddles in the daytime. Um, And no, I definitely don't miss it. In fact, I'm really, I'm such a baby, Laura. I am such a baby. If one of my kids dares to wake once or twice overnight, I'm a wreck the next day. I'm a total wreck. And I think, oh my gosh, these families I talk to in Glenning, I honestly don't know how they're sitting upright most of the time. Because if I have my sleep interrupted just once or twice, uh, yeah, I just can't even cope with the day. (laughs) So I have a lot of sympathy for them. I really do. Yeah. Um, so look, let's, I think let's wrap this up. But what we want you to do as an audience to take away from this episode is if you see, you know, examples of toxic positivity, someone's come out with some quote that, you know, on the surface, it might sound all lovely, but you think, gosh, that's going to be hard for a parent to hear, you know, who's having some struggles. Um, unfollow, just unfollow them. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to support it. Um, or if you're brave, call it out even. <laughs> you have to be braver than I am. Um, yeah, so, you know, remember just to, you know, spread evidence-based advice. And if you're hearing nonsense, misleading, harmful advice, the best thing you can do is ignore it. All right. Well, we might wrap this up for the week. Mm. Thank you so much for listening in and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you need help with your baby's sleep or settling, then you need Sombell. Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic for babies aged 0 to 12 months. It contains all the best resources from Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura's sleep clinics, so you can rest easy and so can your baby. 
To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.